Hello, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, I'm here with my lovely wife, Kathleen Costello, and we thought it would be cool. It's actually her idea. She thought it would be really cool um, to reach out and share some of the good, share some of the bad, and some of the lessons we've learned and some of the things we're taking away from it. So uh, I'm not going to steal any of her thunder. I'm just going to let her talk about it because, again, it was her idea. She thought it would be cool um, by, you know, basically people that she trusts talking about it. She thought it would be kind of cool to do that. So without further ado, uh, take it away, Kathleen. Well, hi, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, we just, we, I mean, obviously we've been talking about this thing kind of ad nauseum, probably like everybody has. And I just had the thought that maybe it would be a good idea to share after a week plus of being essentially quarantined and, you know, confined to our house with our two children. If we could share, you know, with Ryan's audience, some of the things that we feel like are working well for us and some things that we um, are still struggling with just kind of open up the conversation, um, on a larger level and, you know, partially with the hope of getting feedback as well from, from others, from you out there, what's working for you and what are you still struggling with? And, um, we can keep this conversation going because it seems like, um, we are, it's not over yet. Yeah, definitely (laughs) not. And it's unclear how long we are going to be, in a situation where we are expected to effectively, you know, quarantine ourselves. And um, on a, another slightly separate note, um, I've been just thinking a lot about this idea of connection and how we're all connected. And obviously there's ways we're used to being connected. And this new normal that's happened in like less than two weeks time has left us being connected um I think in ways that are different than we were before. We have social media, we have the telephone, we have Skype and things like that. So we can, you know, see each other virtually or over technology, but we're not seeing each other face to face anymore. We're not, you know, seeing each other at work. We're not interacting in the same way. So this new way that we are trying to connect with each other, I think is leaving us all feeling like we're just trying to sort of figure that out. How, how can we stay connected? When are we feeling too connected over this sort of like, you know, um, not real <laughs> way of connecting, sure, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, so, so those are some of the things that I think we're going to try to talk about on this, this episode. Yeah. You had mentioned that part of the reason you thought it would be, um, nice to reach out, uh, to the audience that listens to this podcast is you follow bloggers and, people mm-hmm. on social media and you felt it was nice to hear from them. And so you thought, you know, it might be nice to turn it back around and, um, and mostly like she said, through, through communication, um, connect, you know, yeah. and, and that we're all going through this together and, uh, it may look one way for one person and it looks another way for another person. And, um, right. some people are hit differently and some yeah. people are hit harder. It's just a reality of the situation. 
And so um, there's some things we'll get into in just a second that uh, we, we sort of planned to do. Um, and then I just think there's some overarching uh, benefits, if you want to call them that. I, I feel a little bit of guilt calling them benefits in a time where people can be right. and are struggling, but I, I do see them that way, at least for my life, and hopefully we can make a pitch for why we think it can be seen that way by others. So uh, we kind of wanted to start with what we feel like has, has gone well, mm-hmm. what, what things we sort of put into place when we have all of this time and what things have gone well. So First thing we did, yeah. basically, Kathleen came up with the idea to brainstorm some activities. Why don't you talk about yeah. it? Yeah. Well, we can call them silver linings, maybe, right? I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, nobody would ever have desired or wanted us to be in this kind of situation as a nation or a world, like a global community of people. Uh, but there are some some silver linings. So hopefully we'll, we'll get, I mean, we definitely will get to some of those. But the first thing we did as a family when we knew that we were going to be, you know, kids would be out of school. We, you know, we're both musicians, as most of this audience knows, with the Alabama Symphony and like every other musician out there, all of our sort of current concerts had been canceled. Uh, universities have gone online, you know, we're trying to figure out how to teach our students and make that work. So um, we sat down as a family and we brainstormed things we could do together in this time. So, and we had different columns. We had activities the four of us could do together. And then we, um, we brainstormed things we could break off in pairs and do, uh, which was really kind of fun for the kids. I think they really enjoyed that. I think Alina enjoyed it more than Patrick Maybe. did. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's, she's already thinking that way. She already knows some of the things that she wants to do with just me or just you. But um, as a parent, for a long time, and we talked about this quite a bit, but it's it's hard to carve out time for one-on-one time with one child, especially when you know you have a really busy schedule. You're just kind of trying to make everything go and find family time. But most of our family time, I would say, is spent with the four of us. So we had you know categories for me and Patrick, for Ryan and Patrick, Ryan and Alina, and myself and Alina. Um, so we yeah we came up with at least that many lists of things to do. And, and then burn through yeah, them in like did. two days. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hilarious. Like, because we're like, oh, can we do this? And then, no, okay, let's go do this. And so that, it's filled me with some slight dread, I think. <laughs> and about day three, like we're out of activities. <laughs> what are we yeah. going to do? But, you know, the ones that are successful, we found that the kids would just ask for like more frequently. We just keep coming back to those things. So I, I think... It was really, it has been really helpful. And there was one that Alina and I came up with for the two of us. And that was like a spa day where we would like do our nails. And I didn't stuff know like that, that one. I didn't actually see the whole list. Yeah. So we just got to that today and we only got through about half of it because it took way longer than I thought to do a 10 year old's nails and toenails. Um, so anyway, so we're still, we're still making our way through some of the things. Yeah. And it's interesting, I think, to see, uh, when the kids are in school, how much time it is that they are gone in the hands of uh, just someone obviously much more capable to teach them things, but just the idea of uh, helping them occupy their time and uh, it's exhausting, you know, it, it feels exhausting because you're just constantly on, you're constantly there. And the teachers that are at the school where our kids go to school, the Alabama Waldorf school, they sent us some structure of mm-hmm. what their days are saying that kids do really well with structure. So we should try to 
maybe not worry about teaching them so much as just having a regular time for breakfast and a regular time for what sort of resembles what they do in school and their regular snack time, these kinds of things. Um, but what I've, I feel like I've learned the most is just how long an hour really is. Um, I remember one of the first days that I got to spend time with Patrick, I told him I'll spend an hour with you. And in my head, I was like, what did I just get myself into? You know, an hour is like an hour of playing with, you know, army men trying to figure out what is this seven-year-old? What does he want me to do, you know, Mm -hmm. for an hour? But it went by so fast. And it's weird because I did not expect it to do that, but I found myself wanting to do more than the hour I had sort of promised him. And I find that I have to promise like an hour and then be really careful about that because there's other things, you know, other things to juggle. But really just seeing what an hour is has taught me that it might not be as impossible to find time for the kids, even if it's 30 minutes individually, like we talked about in the middle of a season, it just feels like it's impossible to fit any extra thing in there, but kind of learning what 30 minutes feels like, what an hour feels like and what it can mean to them Mm -hmm. to even have that short amount Mm -hmm. of time. I definitely will be trying to make more of an effort to even find shorter periods of time uh, with them. That's kind of, I've learned that really well, even in the seven to 10 days that we've been on quarantine. Yeah, you really get a sense too for like what kinds of things they're interested in right now. What are the things they really want to do like with their free time? And, you know, for the most part, I would say like they're pretty busy, you know, like it's it's an interesting like lens into, you know, when you have something like I would say this is more true for Alina at this point than Patrick, but when they find something they're really interested in, like they'll spend hours on it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like they just get totally yeah, lost. Just consumed yeah. in the project of doing something. It takes on a life of its own. That's a really beautiful thing to watch. So yeah, we made this brainstorming list of activities for, for the family. And then, uh, I think it was your mom suggested now is as good a time as any to, start gardening, which is something you had already talked about wanting to do. Mm, and so like literally for a decade, I think I've been talking about starting a garden. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we can talk about the reasons of why I think I haven't been able to do it. And yet we were talking about this earlier. I think mainly it's because, you know, in the South, the March and April are the times to plant and to start, you know, to really start a garden ideally. And we're just usually incredibly busy at this time of year. We're performing constantly and you know, maybe we get a spring break that coordinates with the kids spring break. Maybe we don't, but it's like almost, it's just, I've just never been able to find the time or energy to do it. It seemed daunting. So we just, we did, we, we dove in, we bought seeds, we bought plants, we bought dirt. We, you know, we got through, we bought flowers. We got through the first several steps. I would say we're not like 100% 100% in it yet, but we've made them the necessary commitments to get it started. Yeah. I think this is one of the silver linings that you could take from a time like this is with all of this for us, I mean, maybe other people's schedules and lives don't look the way it does for us, but for us with all this extra free time, um, I think it's not best spent practicing more, you know, 
mm-hmm. sort of feeling like, oh, well, I have more time, so I'm just going to practice more. I'm going to, you know, do that. I, I think it's kind of best spent maybe picking something that you've wanted to do forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for yeah. you, it's gardening. For me, I started streaming video games. It's something I've wanted to do for years. I've loved watching video game streamers. For somebody else, it might be drawing, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you've, there's a book that's been sitting on your bookshelf for, you know, a year and you just haven't gotten around to it or one that you need to finish. But I think that there's a lot of value in being able to sort of pick these things up that you've always wanted to do with the time to figure out how much time do I really need to dedicate towards this to make it work so that when life potentially goes back to normal, Mm -hmm. we have a better sense of what is the actual commitment needed for this to be a part of my life. Maybe I won't be able to stream video games three or four times a week when life goes back to normal. But if I understand what it is, maybe I could do once a week. Maybe I could do twice a week. You know, once we understand... Um, what that time commitment is. And I think for gardening, it's the same thing. Understanding what it even looks like to spend a day taking care of plants and stuff like that. I think it'll be easier to figure out how to fit it into our right. life. And like, I think not to overlook too, like the symbolic aspect of that as well. You know, we're now all of a sudden facing a situation where we have far less control than we thought we did over our, our health and our mobility. You know, we're not, and we, you know, or places are already experiencing food shortages and grocery stores. And the first thing I thought about was like, what am I going to do without fresh vegetables, fruit and vegetables? Like it sounds so like trivial and not important, but you know, and this idea of planting a garden, you're sort of taking back this idea that, you know, if you invest the time and the patience in starting something, you know, you can have fresh, fresh vegetables. You don't have to, rely on a supermarket or Costco or something to get those things. So I think symbolically it's a nice idea to hearken back to something that we maybe have gotten away from as a culture or society. I mean, obviously lots and lots of people garden. I'm not, you know, pretending like other people don't do it, but uh, maybe as a more sort of, I mean, we could even talk about the Waldorf school and how Alabama Waldorf school had added gardening into their curriculum because far ahead of this current crisis, they recognized that the future will probably hold that for our children, the need to know how to do something like very basic like that, grow your own food. Yeah. So. And I, I, I we, we wrote this down. We, we took some notes ahead of time just to make sure we stayed somewhat on track. I'm trying to be a little bit better about that with my podcast, but I, I think one very important part of making sure that because we all have the needs that we know about, right? We got to eat. We got to practice. Exercising is an important part mm-hmm. of a lot of people's lives. Obviously, if you have kids, that's a huge part of your day right there. And then we have all of the, I wouldn't call them, as Stephen Covey calls them, the important but not urgent, right? Reading, journaling, sort of meditating, just these self-care things mm-hmm. that are important, but they can oftentimes be overlooked by either putting out fires or maybe like a phone call that's right in front of your face. And so I think one thing we wrote down is imposing structure to not help waste or to help with not wasting time or being productive, saying, okay, I'm going to spend an hour doing this thing. I'm going to spend an hour reading. I'm going to spend an hour, whatever, eating lunch, these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. even with like a day wide open where you feel like, Oh, I'll just get everything done when it comes to me. Imposing that kind of structure on yourself in this time can help make sure that not only are you productive, 
but then you also feel like you're controlling some aspect of what's happening. Right. And that normally we have structure imposed upon us by our jobs or by school or by whatever our commitments may be. But the loss of these commitments means that we kind of have to take the extra step to impose some of that structure on ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Right. Especially with kids. I mean, although I'm probably <laughs> probably more dependent on structure even than the children are in terms of, you know, not getting too far off track or ending up doing one thing when, that I didn't intend to do for, you know, four hours or something. Yeah, it's kind insane. of your personality type yeah, though totally. too. So, right. um, And then you were talking too about, you know, there's just this sort of just general generalized anxiety of what's mm. going to happen with our future. But then you were saying also with wanting to reach out and, and, and check with friends and family, how they're doing and stuff like that. Imposing structure can even, you can, I, I think it's very powerful. Well, I call it quadrant three because it comes from the seven habits of uh, highly effective people, but scheduling in that time to respond to people or to reach out to people, but as if it's like a thing you have to right. do, because not only are you making time for it, but it's also, you have nothing else to do. You can give your full attention to the responses people give you right. or whatever it may be. So yeah. you feel like you can show up and make time for those things too. Exactly. And it yeah. I think saying that like off sort of at the beginning or when you first say it, it feels kind of gross almost. You're like, okay, I'm going to like compartmentalize, compartmentalize, you know, friendships or reaching out to people to make sure they're okay. But for me, if I don't think about it that way, it's really easy to let it just sort of seep into the whole day. So whatever like worry or concern I have about them with them or, you know, it sort of becomes this constant then distraction or interruption throughout the whole day. So um, and kind of getting into these things that like I've been struggling with a little bit, you know, one of them would be with practice time, for example, or anything that I want to do that I need relative focus or concentration for, you know, I, I've had to start putting my phone on airplane mode or putting the computer not right by me. So I don't keep going down this rabbit hole of consuming news or news stories all day long or um, feeling like because I'm anxious or worried about somebody who might be lonely or older and, you know, be in this vulnerable risk bracket um, so that it, that doesn't just completely take over. Yeah. It, it's I'm interesting to, to me because I'm, I'm very, I mean, it, it may sound horrible, but I'm like not that personality type. So it's easier for me sort of not to carry the outside with me, but I've learned that about you, that you're somebody who, whether you like it or not, you're going to carry other people's, like what's happening in their lives. You're going to carry that to a deep degree. So finding a way to manage, making sure that that is a part of who you are and who you can be. Basically what I'm saying is not even saying it to her, but if you're that kind of person where you just care deeply about people and it just interferes with your life almost like this is an effective way to make sure you can still be that person that you want to be, yeah. but then also your life can still not be consumed by it. Right. And some of it I think is that because we are feeling sort of out of control and like we don't like for those of us who want to help, like, I mean, I think right now I just, it's just very difficult to know ways that we can help that will actually be effective. And that's, that's hard. That's a hard thing to, to live with, you know, and even being, being willing to just accept the little things like sending a text message or, you know, maybe writing a letter just to like a little thing, um, as being enough, 
you know, it doesn't really feel like it's enough based on what's going on and what's yeah. happening. So, but I, I, we have to be kind to ourselves too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would like to, I'm not going to, next week I'm going to release a podcast episode dedicated solely to practice and organizing practice and all that. So I'm not going to get into it now, but I do want to talk a little bit about what this time offers us in terms of practicers and musicians, because I think it's a unique opportunity that we really only, especially if you're a student, but it exists for us too, that you really only get in the summer where you have the chance to sort of step back and address whether you want to call them weaknesses or just areas of concern, whatever word, they all work. We now have that again. And we don't have right now, you know, we don't have concerts to prepare for people in schools don't have ensembles to prepare for or lessons or I mean, they have lessons, of course, but there's no ensembles, there's no juries, their recitals are like, you know, maybe you're going to do an online one. So there's a lot of things that we used to have commitments toward that we didn't anymore. And I think it's right now is a beautiful time to be able to sort of step back and address like, you know what, I have the time, what are my actual needs? Not what do I feel like I have to be ready Mm -hmm. for? Because we don't Mm -hmm. have generally anything to be ready for. Uh, I think, you know, I see these videos of people playing duets and posting playing videos. I think it's a really wonderful thing and it's a very connective and healing thing to feel like we're all in this sort of together, but also making sure you're taking the time for yourself uh, to get what you need in this sort of unique opportunity to do it. So, um, yeah, that's just sort of my pitch towards, um, and again, I'll expand upon it next week, but, um, Mm -hmm. I just think it's very important to think about it in terms of that, that it means something, uh, or that we have this opportunity that can be meaningful rather. Right. That's a better. Yeah. I think we should all just feel like we have a little more room to breathe. You sure. know, like when we sit down to practice, it doesn't mean waste time. I don't mean that at all, but I mean, you know, spend more time on your fundamentals, play things slower, you know, really listen to your sound, experiment with something new. Like just look at this time as like, what's the word? Borrowed time. Mm, a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We have some borrowed time. And so, and that can be panic inducing for some people can be soothing for other people. But I think there, there is absolutely a silver lining there um, as a musician. And like you said earlier, examining the possibility that, you know, you might not be able to get inspiration from practicing an extra hour. Like that might not inspire you, but you could take that hour and find inspiration through something else that is beautiful or, you know, a different category of art or walking outside in nature for an hour or, I don't know, fill in the blank, find some new recordings that will make you fall in love with music again. Some, something yeah, like that. Yeah, what did that. you call it in that article? Oh, I called it a soul playlist. That's what I called oh, it. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So just finding, you know, I think most people know who those artists are already or what are those songs that like just call to you really deeply, you know, in your soul, putting together a playlist like that and maybe taking that playlist out on a walk, you know, kind of being in that place with yourself and, you know, discovering something deeper. Yeah. What I'm about to say will lead into the, into your new Instagram account uh, that we're going to talk about in a second, but 
I think one thing, maybe this is a, a way that I would not have put it until I just listened to you talk, but I think it's okay to let yourself like be present. You know, we have so much to think about and so much that we could really be concerned with and it's Mm -hmm. all real, you know, it's not, it's totally understandable that we could be caught up in the, what's going to happen. Am I, when, like, when am I going to get my next paycheck or when is work going to pick back up or Mm -hmm. what's going to happen with my degree or, you know, there's all of these things that are very real and very worth, I mean, it's hard to say it's like quote worth worrying about because like we can't really do much about it, but it makes perfect sense why we would worry about it. But I think it's okay to give yourself permission to be present and to say, you know what, some of that I I really can't control right now. So what I can control is making a soul playlist and going on a 30 minute walk Mm -hmm. with some of this extra time and just like being in that moment, observing nature or wherever you happen to be walking. I mean, it's all nature, but some nature looks nicer than, you know, a mm-hmm. nature preserve is going to look nicer than a a city or whatever. But the point I'm making is that it's okay to be present. And, and in that light, I, uh, Kathleen, I'm going to, I'm going to let you take it and kind of explain the whole idea, but she started with another parent from the Waldorf school, um, this Instagram account called small acts of beauty. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just, I think it exemplifies this idea of being present and looking for, uh, the beauty that exists all around us, even in the midst of turmoil as a way to f- sort of find some peace and comfort. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. I wrote a blog post about this. So if anybody's interested in reading more about it, they can go to my website and check it out. That'll but be in the show notes. Yeah. It, it started well. So this, this friend, I have another parent at the Waldorf school and um, we've, I mean, we've said hello to each other for a long time, but she's an artist. And so we sort of had struck up this conversation and we had decided that we wanted to have an art date, which was exciting for me because I don't know, I, do, I have tons of musician friends, but I don't have as many people like in the art world that I can connect with. And it just seemed really exciting. And then all this hit. And so we were kind of texting back and forth, trying to figure out, was there something else we could do? And so this was kind of what we settled upon as a possibility of a way to still connect with each other, but then also maybe connect to other people. And um, just with this whole idea, we have this, you know, we have this pandemic, this virus that is highly contagious. So it can, one person left unchecked, but infects like 2.5 people or something like that. Um, And of course then social media ends up kind of looking a little bit like this too. You know, it's a lot of like worry and panic and blaming and finger pointing, which is totally understandable because I feel all of those things and more. Um, So this was sort of the idea that beauty can be the same thing, right? With the beauty can be contagious as well. And that if we share, you know, one act of beauty or two small acts of beauty, like from our day or, experience something we saw that that would encourage, you know, another person to do the same thing. So sort of trying to sort of spread this like love and warmth through, through beauty um, and observing beauty. And we have these platforms that are largely visual, like Instagram, you know, people go to that to see things that are appealing to them. So we should, we should use those platforms for that. So people are absorbing positivity and, and beauty as a part of their day. 
Yeah, I as you were talking, I it just made me think that I think becoming jaded is really easy in the situation like a pandemic and just like mm-hmm. got to take care of yourself and you got to and like who knows and I just think like it's totally worth it to fight to break out of that and to remember and, and to sort of find beauty, you know, in the well, moments around us to really fight for that though. Not mm-hmm. ne- because it's so easy to not, Right. it's so easy to fall back on our heels and feel like we're just very reactive to everything that's happening. And when something hits us as quickly as something like this, we, we're just not prepared, you know, literally physically we're not prepared, but sort of emotionally we're not prepared to have, something like performing taken away from us. Right. We like, I, you never really think that that could be taken away. You know, you may lose a job. You may not get tenure, but like, oh, I can still like perform at a church or I can still like schedule a recital and right. like I can take charge, but we can't even do that, you know? And yeah. so all we have really is social media at this point. And so it's just, it's, I think it's probably very easy for everybody to get dark about this. Definitely. And like to go back to this idea of connection, like we are connected, like we can't, we have to acknowledge that. Right. So this disease that we're facing, it proves to us how connected we are. We're connected to people like literally halfway around the world. So like within the span of what, a few months, this has become global and we are connected to the people who first contracted this virus back in December, January, whenever it was. So we're connected in that way, you know, but we're also, so we need each other. And now we're connected in this way that we have to be responsible individually in order to help the people that are the most vulnerable. We're connected to them. We have, yeah. we have to acknowledge that it's just, that is reality. Um, but then we can, we can look at this other side of being connected too, and that we can that same web that connects us through this fear and panic and death really can be the opposite. Like we can be, we can choose to be connected through life giving and life affirming actions. Totally. And I just, I think for whoever's listening right now and whoever's hearing this at this moment, like other people might do this. Other people might go ahead and share beauty, but like it's up to everybody to decide that they want to be part of the fight too. You know, we're all fighting the same fight in that way, right? We're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to get by. We're all trying to have a good time doing it, but we all have to be a part of it. And what I love about this Instagram account is it's all we're doing is just sharing beauty that we find. Yeah. You know, finding beauty in life doesn't have to be like a big event. It could be a beautiful tree or a beautiful poem or a beautiful book or a beautiful painting or something funny your kid did or like a cool TV show. It's all it's all around us. And just looking for the small things and then yeah. deciding we want to share that, I think, can make a difference in somebody else's life. Yeah, definitely. And I think we all, we can sort of approach like art or anything like that as like there's this threshold for entry, you know, like, oh, I have to be this good in order to share with other people or I'm going to be judged or people will laugh at me, things like that. But I don't know. I think this is, this idea hopefully is the antithesis of antithesis of that where just a humble thing that's beautiful to you is worth sharing. You know, even if somebody else doesn't think it's beautiful, maybe another person will, but the idea that 
we're putting that energy out into the, into the universe. And also I think it helps us be observant for it as well. Absolutely. That's the presence. Yeah. Right. So whereas, you know, if we're consumed by fear or anxiety or worry, we won't notice that, that beautiful moment. But if we're open to it and we're looking for it, then we'll probably see a lot more of them. Yeah. And I was using the word fight earlier. And I think for some, it might be that Mm -hmm. for some, it might be fighting to find beauty. Maybe it doesn't show up right away. You know, maybe we're pretty entrenched in fear or we're pretty entrenched in the paranoia or the Mm -hmm. pandemic or the the social media fear mongering, you know, and I think maybe we have to fight to push past some of that stuff. And for others, maybe you've already been looking for that kind of thing. So it's not, this kind of puts like a little bit of a damper, but you're, it's, you're still able to do it. We're all sort of on a different level of that, but I think it's worth fighting for. It's worth showing up for. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, what made me think of the whole thing was actually a friend who was just posting pictures of of flowers that he saw on his morning walk. And he's not a professional photographer, but it just touched me so deeply to see that because I could feel through the way that he was posting about it, that it really, it had, it had met him in a, in a real place. Like it had moved him and that in turn moved me to think, Oh, that just brightened my day, you know? So it, I guess the idea sort of came from that. So it's, um, at small acts of beauty, so right now we're curating it and we're really just posting things that we think are, are interesting or worth sharing, um, but we're hoping that people will tag us or hashtag small a beauty so that we can have sort of a greater pool of other people's ideas to draw from as well. So if you want to be a part of that, yeah, take advantage. Just, it's very casual. There's no pressure. It's really just a fun side project to hopefully brighten somebody's day like my day was brightened. Yeah. I think that's, I don't know, that's a great idea. I mean, you're my wife, so I think it's a great idea, mm. but it's also a really great idea. So it's a double great idea. Okay, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, the last thing I would kind of want to leave people with is um, to go back very briefly to the the... <laughs> The short thing I said about streaming video games, video games is something that was in my life when I was a kid a lot, but I stopped doing when, as I grew up and I started having more responsibilities because it was something I just thought I didn't have time for. And so what this time is for me is to see what this is like to revisit this, to sort of find myself in this again, in video games again, if you want to call it that. And also to see what this does is this meeting a need of mine that I have and if it does, how am I better able to serve my family and possibly whomever I can, whoever would like some help on social media with like practicing or like whatever, you know, am I better able to serve these people because I'm having my needs met? I just think this is such a unique time for all of us to really take a step back as people, not as just musicians and instrumentalists, but as people and ask ourselves, how can I use this time to explore what my needs might be so that I can use this time that I didn't know I was going to have, like you said, borrowed time to be able to find a little bit more of myself uh, and and be great. And then ultimately possibly walk away being grateful for some of this time. Mm-hmm. Although there's a lot of difficulty maybe with what we can learn about ourselves and about each other, maybe we can walk away with some some benefit that 
possibly outweighs. I don't know. We'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah. I mean, I read something today that was somebody was saying how, you know, she was thinking about like, what would my kids look back and remember from this time? Like, oh, they remember baking this cake with me or they remember. And so I think that's a kind of a beautiful way to frame things as well. Like if we can sort of shift our perspective a little bit into the future and imagine, you know, for those of you that have children, but like what would they remember from this time? And that might sort of influence like how we act. And we talked about this too as a struggle. <laughs> when you realize when you're with your kids all day long, nonstop, that you're really modeling for them. You are a 24 hour a day. And of course I can look back to when my kids were like really little and it was like a little more relevant, but they don't remember that time, do they? <laughs> they don't carry that with them into adulthood. But, you know, our kids are 10 and seven, so they'll remember this time for sure. So being this 24 hour a day, seven day a week model, it's a lot of pressure. Um, yes. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Absolutely. So yeah, we're just, I guess that's a beautiful goal to sort of think about what they will reflect on and remember. Yeah. And just, time. I think all of us just being able to develop great, like this grace under fire, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're going through a lot right now, but how can we have, do it with grace, yeah. as much grace as possible. And um, so like Kathleen said at the beginning, this is mostly just for us to share with you guys about what's going on with us and to help you guys connect with us a little bit more. Um, we would love to hear from you. So uh, if you if you feel so moved to send yeah. Kathleen or I a message, well, where can where can they find you? Unless you have more that you want to. Well, I just wanted to say, like, I think if this is of interest to people, we'd be happy to check in again in a week or so. And what I would love to do is if if you all out there will share with us what is working for you, what are you still struggling with, then we can kind of have those things to talk about as well. But we love your ideas and your input, not yeah. just your feedback, but your input on this time. And uh, yeah. So. so where can they find you if they want to, if they liked you better than me and they want to talk. funny. Uh, <laughs> where can well, they find you? I mean, I'm on Instagram, Kathleen B. Costello. And small acts and of small beauty acts as of well. Beauty. And then I have a website, KathleenBCostello.com. You can reach me through that. I'm on Facebook. If you need to get in touch with me or you want to tell me anything that you think or you want to, like, like Kathleen said, you want to kind of give some input on things that have really worked for you, we would love to hear it. So either reach out to her at those means or you can find me at That's Not Spit. That's, not, uh, that's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's Not Spit.com. Um, uh, you know, share this stuff on social media. That would be a really helpful thing. Uh, also, just to, um, if you feel like it was at all, you know, helpful, that kind of thing, so other people can connect, that kind of thing. I don't know. It's all about connection. So that's what social media is. We should be using it to connect. So if you feel moved to do so, that'd be awesome. I'd like to thank Brandon Yoakum for his work on mastering this episode of the podcast. And most of all, I really want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time. <laughs>